So at this time, uh, I'll be sharing the message, the true Messiah. And today's message is so important because of who Christ actually is and who people thought he was, because the two were very different. And as we celebrate Palm Sunday today, uh, today is a great reminder of this interaction because so many of us today and so many Christians today um, might have fallen into this thought before. But as we come before God here today, uh, may we kind of clear up some confusions and really understand who Jesus Christ really came as, the true Messiah. So just like I... Um, shared. Today is Palm Sunday. So this is the start of Passion Week where Jesus enters into Jerusalem knowing that his time has come to bear the cross. So he enters in riding on a what? A donkey, right? And uh, on, a, on a colt, um, a, the offspring of a donkey. And during this time, it was very interesting, and this is something that I've uh, shared before, but during this time was a time of fear and uncertainty, where Israel, they were under Roman colonization. They were under Rome. And basically what they were trying to do was survive and you know, keep their culture. And when they heard of this Messiah Jesus coming into Jerusalem, they, they shouted a phrase. What was that phrase? Who knows? Hosanna. Yes, Hosanna, right? And Hosanna, Hosanna has an interesting uh, meaning because it's, it has a double meaning to it. One is just an expression of jubilation, right? Almost like a hallelujah, right? But it also means save now. Save now. So what we see in this scene right, from today's passage is a people that were in a time of fear and uncertainty, finally seeing this Savior, this person that called themselves the Messiah, or people has called the Messiah, entering in. And they had this picture of the Messiah as the one to restore Israel. Now we'll be a strong nation again. We don't have to live under Roman colonization anymore. Imagine the type of excitement that was there when you know that the main figure, the main, the main character has entered into the scene, right? And he has all these great superpowers, right? He can multiply food, so we don't have to worry about food, especially if we go to war, he will multiply food, so we never run out of food. Think about that, you know? So they had this misunderstanding and they misidentified who the Messiah is. Because the Jewish thought during that time was this politically powerful Messiah. And this political powerful Messiah would come and conquer Rome and conquer all the nations that have colonized or have made captive Israel, right? The greatest revenge, right? And in this, there's a difference between knowledge and intimacy with God. When you just look at it for face value and see what 
Israel has gone through and where they are today, based on just what you see and what you expect, you just expect what the people here expected. Yes, we will rise again. Yes, we will, you know, have our heart, have our day against the people that have done us wrong. This is God's judgment on them. But this is not the message that we see from Old Testament into the New Testament. If you just kind of read, read by real quick, maybe it may seem like that is the case. Israel will rise again. But when we see people that had this intimacy with God, had this heart-to-heart -heart with God, we see a different picture. We see a God of mercy, a God that had all the nations in mind. Even when God called Abraham, he said, through you, all the, all the families of the world will be blessed through you. All the families of the world is all nations. So if what people expected and who Jesus actually came as is so different, what's the problem here, right? People had the wrong type of expectation for the solution. We have to understand why the Messiah had to come. What is the Messiah supposed to do then if he's not supposed to make Israel some powerful nation? He came to resolve a problem that goes beyond just something that can be taken physically back. He came to actually resolve this spiritual fundamental problem of humanity that impacts everything we do in our physical reality. This issue of being separated from God, this issue of being stuck in sin, where we have sometimes no choice but to think a certain way, or to think or to be trapped by a sin with no strength to break out, even if we tried our best. And being under Satan's authority, where Satan is pulling the strings, pushing the buttons in your life, where you have no say anymore, and you don't know why you're living. This is why Jesus Christ came, to resolve this issue. And people were misidentifying the Messiah as he's for my nation, my country, just for me. And we see two different crowds in our passage today that express these different uh, pictures of the Messiah. The first crowd that we'll be talking to, or talking about, not talking to, <laughs> talking about is the crowd at Jerusalem. They were actually close-minded to what God was doing. This included the crowd and included the Pharisees that we read about today. They were focused on just for my people, right? Verse 12 and 13, it reads this. The next day, the large crowd that had come to the feast heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem. So they took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him, crying, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, even the King of Israel. You see, when we look at these palm trees, the waving of the palm trees has significant meaning. 
The waving of the palm trees was to signify victory over the enemy. It's not this, wow, they're trying to lay the red carpet or a green carpet in this case, right, for Jesus. It was more than that. They're thinking he's going to free us from this enemy and we have the victory. For me, for my people, right? Uh, one, of the, one of the crazy things in the world where we can see people being super nationalistic is during the World Cup, right? Even, uh, you know, the uh, South, South Korea, we go like, we have our own, like, each country has their own little thing, right? If you go to England, they have their own little thing. If you go to different parts of the world, they have their own little uh, chants and, uh, you know, things that they proclaim <laughs> at these uh, huge worldwide, world-set games. And this is the mindset that Israel had. You know, Israel, or cha 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 I don't know. <laughs> they have their own thing. <laughs> but it's like, yeah, it's for my people. This is, we need to restore us, right? And they were very focused in a very nationalistic way. And, you know, that's very honorable. And that's very like, wow, I understand that sentiment, you know? Even as an immigrant myself too, and the history that comes with that from my parents' generation and my grandfather's generation and so forth, there's a lot of pride, right, when it comes to our nation. Bigger question we need to ask then is, is this God's heart? Just one people, just one nation. The Pharisees in the same scene had a different take. When they saw Jesus, they thought, oh shoot, Jesus, he's trying to take what is precious to us, right? Verse 19. So the Pharisees said to one another, you see that you are gaining nothing. Look, the world has gone after him. So they were frustrated because Jesus was taking all the attention. And on top of that, the people were chasing after Jesus for the wrong purpose. It says in verse 18, the reason why the crowd went to meet him was that they had heard he had done this sign. So this crowd came because Jesus did a sign, Jesus did a miracle. They weren't there for Jesus, they were there for his miracles. They weren't there for the Messiah himself. They were there for what he could do for me. What's the benefit for me? What do I get out of this? <laughs> what do I get out of this coming to church, right? And if that's our mindset today, then we're very similar with this crowd in Jerusalem. And the result will be very similar too, where the, the result of this mindset is this, disappointment. They're all disappointed. The Messiah didn't come riding on a stallion. He came riding on a donkey's colt. 
But what's amazing is the prophecy that we read here in our passage that he would be writing in on a colt was something that was prophesied many, many years before. And it was a sign of who the Messiah actually is. And the Pharisees missed it. The crowd in Jerusalem missed it. They missed the fulfillment of God's word to indicate who the true Messiah is. And because they missed it, they missed the flow of God's word, they fell into disappointment. However, there was another crowd that was part of this crowd, but came from another place, which was the crowd at Lazarus's tomb. Uh, verse 17, it says, The crowd that had been with him when he called Lazarus out of the tomb and raised him from the dead continued to bear witness. This crowd was a little different, where instead of being closed-minded, they were Christ-minded, where they saw this great work of God, not just as, oh, we have a ticket, if, if you know, um, going back to that national, nationalistic mindset, if we go to war and someone dies, Jesus can bring them back alive, you know? Some people can view this as that. But the people here, it was different, where they were sharing this good news with other people, reaching other nations, reaching people with this gospel, not with Jesus raised the dead, you know, so follow him. But it was deeper than that, where it's for the sake of restoring humanity, right? Addressing this fundamental problem, not just a physical problem, because yes, Lazarus was raised back, uh, raised from the dead, but guess what's going to happen to him later on? He's going to die again, right? So it's a great miracle. It's amazing. But that's not the point. The point is to see who Jesus truly is. He is the true Messiah. He is not this politically uh, you know, driven Messiah trying to get power amongst the nations but he was the Messiah to save all peoples from something that went beyond the physical world. They saw the things of God as most important instead of feeling threatened, right? God's trying to take all my, the fun stuff out of life. <laughs> That's not true. Maybe it seems true because maybe we've been around people or have heard of people, whether on TV or maybe you know somebody, um, that may have been very legalistic. Um, and <laughs> don't, don't, don't be like, oh, it's my parents, you know. <laughs> they, they do it with good intentions. I, 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 you know, I really do think so. Um, but there are people around us too that take it a little bit too far to the point where they kill with the word instead of save people with the word. We see that we see certain people on college campuses, we see people um, just really not sharing the gospel, but I don't know what it is they're really trying to share. Uh, because what we see with Jesus is completely the opposite of what a lot of people do when it comes to evangelism. And because it's been done in such a way, people are afraid 
when you hear the word evangelism, let's go evangelize. <laughs> People are like, uh, no, thank you. <laughs> but we have yet to see a good example of evangelism mainstream. Um, evangelism isn't just inviting people to your church. Evangelism is actually enjoying Christ beyond church. It's not just enjoying Christ here. It's enjoying Christ as we are back at home, enjoying Christ when we are actually working to see the power of God work through our reality. And this is so important for us to see as we come before God, you know, let this be what we see, which is life movement. Where life movement is so different from what we see with the crowd at Jerusalem. The crowd at Jerusalem, closed-minded, and they actually were disappointed. But what we see at the crowd at Lazarus' tomb was one that enjoyed and shared this good news to see life movement continue. So the conclusion here today is this. Lazarus, yes, he was raised from the dead. And what we have to understand here today is that we need to discover this true Messiah, not just a miracle maker, right? Just a guy that does miracles, but Jesus who came as the Messiah, as the Christ, Christ and Messiah are the same words. Uh, it's just Christos is Greek and Messiah is Hebrew. So as they discover the true Messiah, we see Lazarus raised from the dead and we start to see life movement take place from that crowd. They continued to bear witness. So we see the continuation of God's blessing. This is something that we need to um, really change in our thinking when it comes to prayer or when it comes to um, our interaction with God, where we need to understand that God doesn't give answers, just one shot, you know? Like, God, I really need that A, or God, I really need that job or you know, situation and circumstance to, to go this way or that way really need that Jesus and then you get it and then you're like oh thank you Jesus and then you just move on right <laughs> and then you just forget that God has blessed you um, and whatnot but truly God's blessing is something that continues where one answer then leads to another answer then leads to another answer all the way into eternity it's not, oh, I, I received that answer like three years ago, but I haven't heard from God since. That's not the gospel. The gospel is this intimacy with God where it's continual, not one and done. He doesn't just give you something and then disappears. He is God who is with us. He is Emmanuel, God with us. And as we really hold on to God's word here today, and as we shared communion today as well, we do this in remembrance of him, right? That Jesus Christ came to shed his blood on behalf of us because we had a debt that we couldn't pay, this debt of sin. 
And we couldn't stop that flow of sin from stopping with our own strength. So the debt keeps increasing, and we don't have the strength to stop it. You know, it's like, it's like a very bad predicament. It's worse than credit card debt. <laughs> it sounds very similar, but this is far worse because at least with some type of monetary debt, you can work and try your best to pay it off. But the wages of sin is death. How many sins have we committed and how many lives do we owe to God for the sins that we committed? If it's more than one, then we're in trouble because we only have one life to, to give. If it was a video game, definitely, you know, put in the cheat codes to increase your life <laughs> to more than one. But sadly, you know, that's not our reality. And that's why we need Christ. Because it's when we receive him as our Lord and Savior, that's when we start to see the works of overcoming our sin. So we need to turn to him, turn to his grace. A lot of people think the, the, the wrong way, where you, we feel like, oh, I have to work my way to receive God's strength to let go of my sin. But it's the opposite. We need God's strength to have strength to overcome my sin. You see, it, it's, it's weird. It's not the normal way of going about things when it comes to our day-to-day -day, uh, work or situations. Like you have to work at it, and then, and then once you get to a certain level, then no, we, from the get-go, we're, 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 we're kind of screwed. You know, <laughs> We're not in the best situation. And we need God's grace from the get-go in order to have the strength to let go of our sins to actually begin fighting Satan. If you're in the worst condition spiritually, then good news. Turn to God's grace. It's available to you now. Not when you, get, not when you fix your life and not when everything's put together neatly. Now. And today, as we remember Palm Sunday, is day one of this work of God's redemption, work of God's grace for our lives. So as we hold on to today's message, let's really enjoy Christ as the true Messiah, not as some you know, picturesque Messiah that fits into the comfort of our lives, but who did he really come as? Because that Messiah will give you the strength and power to overcome any and every sin that comes your way to give you wisdom in every circumstance that may come your way as well through work through family through even the little stuff too god he is with us and as we enjoy that blessing today uh, and as we go through this passion week coming up uh, let's truly remember the true messiah